In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I love this story or stories, and I love baptisms. Yet preparing for today, I had to acknowledge that I did not necessarily love them together. This gospel is rich and it's hard. There is blood, there's death. So let's break it down. It helps, I think, to recognize that this is a story full of opposites and total contrasts. In Jairus and this hemorrhaging woman, we see someone with privilege and someone who is almost a total outcast, someone making their appeal and asking for help in public, and someone sneaking up in secrecy, in private. Even the pacing of this story, Jairus is in a terrible hurry, and Jesus is taking his time, ready to stop in a huge, pressing crowd and ask the kind of stupid question, who touched me? When Jesus and his disciples reach Jairus' home, there is the contrast of faith and faithlessness. Mark is setting us up over and over to see difference. Even the two situations of this woman and this girl are strangely opposite. One is dead and the, almost, and the other is almost too alive with an endless flowing of blood, the definition of living. So much is happening as the lives of these people collide and Mark the storyteller is playing them off each other and then smack in the middle, almost like the central icon in a triptych, we have the most dramatic opposite of all, that this woman feels God's healing power flow into her body, and Jesus feels some of his own healing power drain out of his. In stopping to look around, to ask a seemingly silly question, in refusing to brush it off and run on, Jesus transforms this moment. It's not just another set of opposites or some literary contrast, but a relationship. This moment between this unnamed hemorrhaging woman and Jesus teaches us clearly that we are in a relationship with God that the act of healing is just as profound a sensation as ours is of being healed. God loves us and feels for us and with us. As we reach out to God, God is reaching out to us. I can't help but imagine that the power Jesus feels going out of him is similar to the way that you or I might expend effort in giving someone a comforting hug. It's not losing a portion of a finite quantity of power, but it is real. God cares for us and pours himself out for us. When we center our reading of this story in that profound moment of exchange, it's as if the messy humanity of everyone and everything else can come rushing out from between all this intentional literary contrast. This woman has tried everything, has been sick for 12 years. She's been suffering as long as Jairus's dying daughter has been alive. Jairus is a parent full of hope for his child. He will do everything, absolutely everything in his power to save his little girl. 
In every way that Jairus and this bleeding woman are introduced and described, the differences between them are meant to be stark. They live in such different social strata that they could live on two different planets, and yet their lives intersect here, in a crowd of people pressing in. Here they both are blurring the line between desperation and hope and faith until we see that it is no line at all but a basic willingness to trust that turning towards God is never effort made in vain. They are both willing to put their very bodies and the bodies of those they love into God's hands. And that brings us to the font and to Emma and Alexandra who will be baptized today and all of us who will be renewing our baptismal vows alongside them. We are baptized into Christ's death and resurrection. That means in part because it means so much. That means in part that we are baptized into Christ pouring out of himself. That flow of power going out of him that is Jesus offering his life on the cross. Jesus offers his life to us there and everywhere else. That is part of our life of discipleship, of what it means for us to follow that way of love. In the baptismal vows, we promise to pour out our lives too in resisting evil, in practicing repentance, in making time for worship and communion and learning, and that we will proclaim the good news of salvation with our lips and our lives, that we will seek and serve Christ in all persons, the way Christ is seeking us out. In baptism, we make promises to God and to each other in the faith that no matter who we are, God will answer us, stop for us, show up for us even, and maybe particularly even when it seems that God has simply come too late and nothing else is possible. Because that is the good news that when we are suffering, Jesus heals us, when we are cast down, Christ raises us up, and that when we pour ourselves out for the world, we can come back to the living water, to the body and the blood, and God will fill us back up again. Baptism is making the promise to try, and to really try, just as God has shown God's faithfulness and promises to us. So as we contemplate these vows and the new life of faith offered to us in baptism, I think it would do us well to remember this surprising little baptismal story of these two daughters of Israel. When we are exhausted and ready to give up trying to follow Jesus and trying to do the work that God has given us to do, when we think that death really may be the end, I believe that even the tiniest bit of faith that we can muster the fringe of God's cloak is within our reach to hold on to so the flow of the Spirit can revive us. And when we are dead, Jesus takes us by the hand and brings us to life in him. That promise is our baptism. And God anoints us to bring that healing, restoring, releasing, resurrecting spirit forth from our bodies, our minds, hearts, and souls, so that we can pour it out into the world. Jesus knows what it feels like when power goes forth from you, and that power is the power of God. 
Amen.